Amen. If you enjoyed that, say amen. amen. If you believe that, would you say amen? amen. We sure are a blessed people. We, we said it a moment ago, but we've been blessed, church. I can't wait to get to heaven and ask, ask the Lord why in the world He blessed me as He has. The family that He's given me. The church that He's given me. This Bible that I have. He's just a mighty good God, isn't He? And we've, we've, we've certainly been blessed. And uh, I appreciate that song. Miss Brittany. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Mark, chapter number 5 tonight. Mark, chapter number 5 is where we'll find our place tonight. Do you love your Bible? Amen. I'm glad he's given us a, a guidebook. He's given us a road map. In these last days, uh, thankful that I've got something to follow, because when I when I begin to follow myself, when I begin to follow my own heart, it's going to lead down to destruction. But uh, I've got this blessed old book tonight, and it's going to tell me how to go. It's going to tell me how to get right. It's going to tell me how to stay right. It's going to tell me what is right. The doctrine of reproof and correction uh, and instruction in righteousness. And I'm thankful that all scripture was given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable tonight, aren't you? Amen. Mark chapter number 5. And uh, we'll find our place down there in verse number 25. I'm thankful tonight for the opportunity to preach and... uh, the Bible told me and what called me to preach was I read, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And uh, I'm thankful tonight for his call on my life. And uh, it is the joy of my life serving Jesus. Mark chapter number 5, if you found your place there, would you say amen? amen? I want you to notice verse number 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years... And had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. 
course, we find in Mark chapter number 5 in this passage of Scripture a familiar account of Jesus and this woman with the issue of blood. And I want to preach just for a few moments on this thought tonight, getting a touch from the Lord, getting a touch from the Lord. Uh, This will be a long introduction and a short message, all right? Uh, and, and I'll preface it that way. Long introduction, uh, but a short message. But let's get right into it tonight. Just by way of introduction, verse number 25, I want you to notice this, number one, that there was a problem, there was an issue with her blood there in verse 25, where it says, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years According to the Mosaic law, we understand that this specific condition for this woman that this woman was dealing with in her physical life, uh, according to the law of the land of that day, it had rendered her untouchable. It had rendered her and made her an outcast. It had cut her off from society, if you will. There was a problem with her blood that had made her uh, live in a continual state of uncleanness. But aren't you glad to know tonight uh, that God can take a black heart and wash it in His red blood and it come out as white as snow. I know I say that often, but it it just doesn't get old to me uh, that, that God can do what He's done throughout the course of time. And I'm thankful that... Uh, Even though this woman, she had a physical issue with her blood, uh, when she got a touch of the Lord Jesus Christ, she would be healed and would be made whole on that day. I'm thankful tonight that even though we're born unclean, just like this woman was this day, praise God, we don't have to stay that way, amen? Even though we, uh, we were born uh, unclean, we were born lost, uh, we were born uh, headed toward hell, I'm thankful to know tonight uh, that we don't have to stay unclean. We don't have to stay lost. We don't have to stay a child of the devil. Uh, because of the work that Jesus has done on Calvary, uh, we can have an eternal life in heaven One day, and I'm thankful to know that tonight. There was a problem, number one. There was an issue with her blood. And there too tonight is an issue. There was a problem uh, with our blood. For you and I, we uh, cannot do anything in and of ourselves to help us get to heaven. Uh, Our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Bible says. Uh, It's not by works of righteousness whereby we must be saved. But it is through great, by grace and through faith and what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Number one, there was a problem with her blood. I, I want to say to you tonight, uh, if you're in here lost and if you're in here and has not given your life to Jesus, if there's never been a time in your life where you've asked Him to come into your heart and save you, that's a problem. There's a problem. You have an issue because right now you are headed to hell. Uh, But thanks be to God tonight that uh, Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, shed His precious blood, 
for our sin debt, to pay for our sin debt on the cross of Calvary. There was a problem with her blood. Number two, uh, I want you to notice this. The physicians there of the day, they, they couldn't make her better. Isn't that interesting? I want you to notice this in verse number 26. The Bible tells us, "...and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse." These physicians that she had brought herself to, those, those doctors and those, uh, those men that she had brought her issue to, physically speaking... Uh, they they couldn't do anything with her. Uh, many many different occasions she would go and and uh, and and she had spent everything every dime that she had and was nothing better. The Bible tells us, and I believe this was man's attempt, if you will, to heal this woman. Uh, this was man's effort to heal this woman, and we see that not only were these physicians unable to cure her, but They made her condition worse and worse. She had gone to every doctor imaginable and wasn't healed. But thank God on this day she got a touch of the Savior. Thank God she got a touch from the only one who had the power to heal her. And had the power to cleanse her and make her whole. I want to say this tonight that uh, what man cannot fix, God can fix. Amen. Uh, What man cannot heal, God can heal. When man can't provide, God will provide. When man cannot lift you up, God can lift you up. When man isn't there, thank the Lord tonight, and I bless His name that God is always there, there. When man fails you, Jesus never fails. The physicians here, we see that they could not make her any better, but rather... Uh, they made her condition worse. Not only that, I, I love this. Number three, her position. I want you to notice something about her position was behind the Savior. There in verse number 27, what takes place? The Bible says, When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind. She came in the press behind Jesus. And so what we understand here is that she knew she had an issue. She had heard about Jesus being in the area. And what took place was she just wanted to get close enough to where she could just get a portion of his clothes. And maybe that would help her. But we notice that she positions herself behind the Savior. I thought that was very interesting. That, that and, and I thought that the order at which this all takes place uh, on this day, I think that's very interesting that, number one, first and foremost, she understood that she needed to get behind Jesus before Jesus would heal her. Uh, and I believe with all my heart that uh, this was a prerequisite, if you will, to her being healed. Uh, and I believe this woman would not have been healed if she wouldn't have gotten behind Jesus Christ on this day. Her position was right before she could get right. And maybe you're here tonight and uh, you've come here with your issue. Maybe you've come here with your problems in your life. And, 
uh, you're trying to get right and you're trying to uh, do right, well, uh, let me let me just encourage you tonight that get behind Jesus on some things. Get behind Jesus on uh, on on what He says in His Word. Many times we, how many of you are like this? We expect and we beg God to do a work and to do a miracle in our lives. All the while, our Bibles are sitting on a bookshelf. Somebody help me tonight. Uh, collecting dust, if you will. We, we're begging God to, to work and begging God to provide and do a miracle in my life. Save my, my children and heal my family members. All the while, we, we're not attending church. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You're here, amen. Uh, all summer long, we hadn't attended church or uh, all season long we haven't attended church and we're expecting God to, to do a miracle to perform some things in our life and we don't even know how to pray anymore we don't even know how to call on God and let alone get filled with the Holy Spirit we need to get behind Jesus on some things we need to get behind the Savior on some things and boy I can just I can just picture in this story, I can just picture Jesus and he's preaching to the crowd. And at first, this woman, I can picture her, she's in the crowd. She's just a part of the crowd and listening like everybody else. And she began to understand the, the, the company that she was in. She knew that Jesus was in the crowd and Jesus was the one preaching and teaching. And uh, she began to place herself behind Jesus. And look, I'm just going to say it like this. You, you, you're either going to get behind Jesus and preach with Him, amen, uh, or you're going to be one of those that just part of the crowd, just, just part of the regular everyday crowd. And I, I, I would ask you tonight, are you behind God on some things? Are you behind Jesus on everything He says or do you find yourself debating and wrestling uh, with the fact that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? Uh, do you find yourself wrestling with the fact that uh, marriage is for a husband, a, a man and a woman, between a man and a woman? Uh, do you find yourself wrestling on some things and disagreeing on some things? Get behind Jesus. Get behind His Word. I believe we'll, we'll be able to be blessed as a result of that. We see that her position was behind the Savior. I want you to notice something else. We're still in, in introduction, amen? But I want you to notice this, that uh, not only was her position behind the Savior, but I want you to notice this press, this crowd, was blocking her. This press was blocking her. There in verse number 27, it says, When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. If you cross-reference this with uh, the account from Luke's gospel there in chapter 8, in verse number 42, we understand that uh, the people there, there was a thronging, there was a, uh, a thronging around Jesus that was taking place. Again there in Luke chapter 8 and verse 45, the multitude thronged thee. So we understand that there was a lot of people in the crowd that day. So much so that uh, they were uh, pressing towards each other. And it was just 
very tight and, and close together. But I love the desire of this woman. She pressed through that crowd. She pressed through that, that crowd to get to Jesus. Uh, and I, I can just imagine that this woman had to crawl and get through that crowd to get to Jesus. The crowd, this press, the Bible speaks of, was in the way of allowing the Lord to do a work in her life. And isn't that just like our life sometimes? There, there, there's always going to be a crowd or a group of people. Maybe it's a group of friends. Those stumbling blocks that you have every now and then that are, that are going to be in the way of allowing the Lord to perform a work in your life. I'm talking about performing those great and mighty things that the Bible speaks of. What, what is it tonight that's getting in between you and the Savior? It may not be, even be a crowd. It may not even be a group of people. It, may, it might be, maybe, maybe it's, it's your music that's getting in between you and the Savior. That, that's, that's caused you to uh, drift further away or, or caused you not to draw close to Jesus. Maybe it's, maybe it's that habit that you have that you just don't want to give up when you, when you really should be reading God's Word, praying to Him. What is it that's getting in between you and the Savior? And I, I would ask you this tonight, are you pressing through that crowd? Are you pressing through those temptations of your friends? Or are you pressing through those uh, specific things? Or do you find yourself sitting down in that crowd? Do you find yourself comfortable in that crowd and mingling with that same crowd? This woman we find here, she pressed through the crowd because she had a desire to get to Jesus. That's what we need in this day, church. We need, we, we need to have a hunger and a thirst to get a touch of God. To, 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 to see Jesus, to, uh, to feel the Holy Spirit. That's what we need in this day is a desire, a hunger, and a thirst. And I believe if we'd have that desire and have that thirst like this woman did in this passage of Scripture, I, I believe we would see revival. I believe we would see God do some things. But it's going to take us having a desire uh, for, to see God do something that He's never done. To, to, to begin to make some choices, some, maybe some hard decisions. Some, some decisions that maybe you, you've placed on the back burner for quite some time now. Those things have been keeping you from Jesus. Those things have been keeping us from revival. What is it tonight that is between you and the Savior, and I would ask, are you pressing through that, or are you comfortable in that? The press was blocking her. So we see some things by way of introduction. I, I, I want you to notice some things, and this, this will be the message, and I'll be through tonight, about this, this touch that we find in this, this passage of Scripture. I want you to notice, number one, I love this, it was a meager touch. Verse 27, notice this. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. That's all it was. Just, just the hem of his garment. 
Just that lower tassel of what Jesus was wearing is all she needed. That's all she had to touch. The Bible tells us over in Matthew's Gospel about the hem of His garment. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 44, it talks about touch the border of His garment. And, And what I love about this is she didn't have to touch His head or His body or His hair or anything like that, any great big portion of Jesus, all that she had, all that she needed to be able to heal her was that small portion of His clothes. That's just how powerful He is, isn't He? Amen. It it was a meager touch. It was a, a small touch. And that just speaks of just how powerful our Lord and Savior is. And I, and I believe that's exactly what we need in this day. We need a touch of God. We need a touch from the Lord. We need a touch from heaven tonight. We don't need another politician. Somebody help me tonight. Uh, we, we don't need a, a doctor or a lawyer or uh, some psychiatrist to uh, tell us some 12-step program to get back in order. We don't need a therapist, but uh, we need nothing more than a good old-fashioned touch of the Holy Ghost of God. That's what we need if we're going to see revival. Oh, sure, we, we, we've got finer buildings than we've ever had before. Uh, we, and I thank God for this church. Amen. What a beautiful place the Lord has given us to serve Him in, to worship Him in. Uh, we, we've, we've got all we need. We've got a, a, a nice, beautiful Yamaha piano over here to have church in. Amen. Uh, we, we, we've got some nice padded chairs to sit in uh, while, while I bore you tonight. All right. Uh, we, we've, we've got everything we need, right, to have church. But unless we have the touch of God, we ain't going to have church. Uh, unless we get a hold of God, unless we can, can get a hold and get a, just a small touch of the Holy Ghost, we're not going to see revival. We're not going to have church. We're not going to be able to worship like, uh, like we want to worship and like we need to worship unless we get a hold of the Holy Ghost of God. We find it was a meager touch. Not only was it a meager touch, but it was, secondly, a miraculous touch. Verse 29, it says, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed. Of that plague. She got behind the Savior. She got behind Jesus. Touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says immediately her issue of blood. I mean, just a just a a, a small portion, a small fraction of time, and she was healed immediately, the Bible says. Remember, she'd been to the doctors. She had been to every 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 doctor in, in the neighborhood. She uh, she had done all that she knew to do. She had spent all the money that she had to uh, rid her of this issue that she was having. But all she needed was just a small touch of Jesus Christ and uh, immediately she was healed. What a miracle. Uh, a miraculous touch. You ever ask yourself this question? Why, you know, and as we read God's Word and as we look at these very miracles that uh, Jesus did throughout His earthly ministry. And do you ever, do you ever wonder, you know, uh, 
why don't we see miracles like that in our day? Uh, Those things like Jesus did. I mean, just being able to see it with our very own eyes. And uh, I've wondered that even... Even as a young person, I always, always wondered that. You know, why, why can't we see those miracles? Why couldn't we be a part of those miracles? And the Holy Spirit convicted me and, and began to, uh, to let me know that, hey, Zach, you, you, you witness a miracle every day. Every, every morning that, that you wake up and I put breath in your lungs, it's a miracle. Uh, every day that I look at my wife, that's a miracle. Amen. Uh, why in the world? I, I mean, a miraculous thing that my wife would marry uh, marry somebody like me. Amen. That's a miracle. Uh, every day uh, that I'm provided for, miracle, miracle after miracle after miracle. Each and every one of us see, I believe, on a daily basis, a miraculous touch. The Bible tells us. And I would say this, if you're, if you're not seeing miracles every day of your life, well maybe, perhaps maybe, uh, you're not believing God to perform one. Uh, maybe, maybe it's your belief, maybe it's something in between you and the Savior, like we mentioned a moment ago, that is keeping you from understanding and seeing those miracles that Jesus performs every day in your life. I, lo- I love verse 28. Uh, it says there, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. You know what, that, that helps me and that blesses me because I understand that uh, what, what that is saying, that she was already believing Jesus to do that very thing, to make her whole before she physically touched his clothes. What was she doing? She was anticipating and expecting God to perform expecting God to do something on that day before she actually touched his clothes. I can't help but think about those three Hebrew boys there in the fire where, where they were dealing with King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar told him, look, if you, if you do this thing again, if you stand up and don't bow down to this, this statue again, then you're going in that fire. And, and, and you know what they said? What they say? They were believing God even before to do it, right? Uh, they, they said, uh, look, our God is able to do it, and He will deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. What they say after that? But if not, our God is able to deliver us. They, they were believing God to, to do a work before God actually did a work. And this woman here in this passage of Scripture, she was placing her faith and trust. She was believing Jesus would do something before she actually touched His clothes. And I want to say this and I put your faith in Him. Uh, and He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It was a miraculous touch. It was a meager touch. I want you to notice lastly tonight, it was a moving touch. I want you to go over to the book of Luke, the account of Luke, chapter number 8 real quickly, and I'll be through. Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number, draw down to verse number 47. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 47. I want you to notice this, what she does here. 
it was a moving touch. The Bible tells us, verse 47 there of Luke 8, And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before who, church? All the people. For what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. What'd she do? She got healed, right? Her faith was made whole. She was made whole. She let everybody know about it. How about that? She, she let all the people know what Jesus had done in her life. What was she doing? She was praising the Lord. She was testifying to, uh, to everybody in the crowd that day that I had an issue of blood. I was unclean. I was lost and undone without God and His Son. But He touched me. I touched, I touched the hem of His garment and He saved me. He made me whole. She let everybody in the crowd that day know. She was testifying that day uh, that, that Jesus had saved her, that Jesus had cleansed her. We don't testify enough about God's goodness. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't testify and, and, and publicly announce to others enough about just what God has done in our lives and how God saved us and how God uh, providentially moved in our lives to uh, save us from hell. We don't testify enough about God's goodness. Your testimony and what God has done in your life as He saved you, and that story that you have to tell, you, you never know what somebody needs to hear on that day to get saved. Your testimony may be, may be the very thing that somebody uh, has been needing to hear to ponder the question, well, maybe I do need to get saved. Maybe I do need Jesus. Uh, maybe I do need uh, to, to make sure I know where I'm spending an eternity at one day. See, there's, there's people, and I say, I've, I've mentioned this to young people before, as far as their testimony and, and how they witness and, and talk about the Lord. There, there are places and there are schools and things like that that I can go to and share my testimony with and, uh, and, and let them know and present the gospel to, to young people, and, and, and they won't get saved. They won't give me the time of day. But there's those same young people, these young people can go and testify about what God's done in their life and it'll make a difference. They'll listen to them. Uh, there, there might be one of you that, uh, that's a mechanic or something and, and I may not, I may, he may not give me the time of day to present the gospel to him. But if, if you are likened to that, uh, that opportunity and that, that career, there, hey, he might listen to you. There might be, uh, there might be any, any, any one job, you name it. And you, you never know what your testimony will do in the life of somebody else in sharing that. And this woman, she was saved, she was, uh, she was cleansed, and uh, her life was made whole because she got a hold and got in touch with Jesus Christ, and she wanted to let somebody know about it. Let me ask you this. When's the last time uh, that you got in touch with God? I'm talking about when's the last time you, uh, you got in tune with the Lord Jesus Christ? When's the last time that your wants and your desires lined up 
with that of the Savior? When's the last time that uh, you, you, you got in touch with the Lord Jesus Christ? This woman, she, she got a touch of Jesus that day. And her life was changed as a result of that touch. And uh, I, I pray tonight that, that we all in this day, in these last days, we can get a hold of some things. We can get a hold of the Holy Ghost of God. And maybe we would see revival in this day and this hour. But it's going to take a touch. Not from any man. Not from any one person. Uh, not from any singer, any celebrity. Uh, but it's going to come by getting a touch of Jesus Christ. When's the last time you got in touch with God tonight? Let's pray as we stand tonight.